You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome into the Hoisty Colors podcast. I'm joined by ECU defensive coordinator Blake Carroll. Coach, it is February. You guys maybe have a, finally a little bit of time to sit in your office and relax a little bit. It's been pretty much nonstop since the, the end of the season otherwise, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think, uh, you know, football's a year-round thing, and uh, you got your end season and then uh, your off season, which is made up of uh, recruiting, spring ball. You know, and right now in February, you're just kind of doing some – self-evaluation self-reflecting uh, but it's always go time eight and five season in 2022 we'll look back at that season first before we kind of dive into the future because we're all we're always talking about what's next so right. let's look back a little bit uh most wins for ecu uh, since 2014 so a significant achievement when you kind of look back on on last season if you have had any time to reflect just what were your thoughts on it and, and how proud were you guys of the, the end product yeah it's kind of crazy you're always looking to what's next aren't you and it's kind of well, how can we be better? How can we do things better, this and that? And what, what's going to 23 look like? Um, and we never have time to go back and kind of reflect on 2022. And just very proud of those guys and what they accomplished in our season and eight wins. Um, I think when I got here in 2020 and during the pandemic year, I think I got here about a month before the pandemic started, uh, we would have taken eight wins and, and um, you know, been really, really excited about it. So for those guys to win seven and win eight, and go, you know, be invited to bowl games and go win a bowl game, I think it's just huge for, for those seniors in this program and, and where this program has came. So just really excited about it. And, um, you know, not only the wins and losses, but or the wins, but what, what we've done defensively too and just some of the things of, you know, where, the, where it was in 2019 after that season and the previous seasons there, um, what they had done defensively and how we've been able to turn some things around. Um, you know, I think – Finishing top in, in, in red zone defense and um, you know turnover margin. I think run defense was pretty you know pretty much up there. One of the analysts told me the other day our run defense might have been uh, about a yard away from being the best in program history. I'm not sure about that how far he went back, but uh, <clears throat> you know just kind of overall I think we did some good things and I think you know whether you win um, 12, 14 games or you win two games, you always want to be self evaluating. What can you do better? Uh, I think you know. The, the teams that are winning had one one game last year, or Georgia that won them all. They're all looking at themselves and saying, "Hey, how can we be better in 2023, and what can we do to be better?" When you look at, you know, the, the final few games of the regular season, I don't think you know really went how maybe you you wanted it to go. But 
it seemed like in the bowl game at least y'all kind of really got back to maybe your style or just playing physical downhill football were you at least uh pleased with that i'm very much pleased with the bowl game uh you know like keep a a score or two off the board there in the second half but i thought our kids played the type of brand that we want to play you know physical you know pressure get after it fly around hats the ball play with emotion energy all those type of things that that you want to be known for um you know and i thought in regulation this year i think 11 over 13 points we held under 30 points um you know, I think after the Cincinnati loss, it just we had had a little bit of a slump there. Uh, last two ball games, you'd like to take those two games away, and you feel really good about the season and just where you were defensively and, and everything you put together there. Um, but you know, and that that can happen at times. You know, we just I was just talking earlier today about if you could, you know, don't prevent the big blow up, you know, in a ball game defensively, and if you can just stay steady, kill throughout the season, you've had a pretty good year defensively. Uh, so we got to you know continue to improve on those things, but just really proud of our guys how they finished and what they put together and the product they put out there for the bowl game. We talked towards the end of that season about you know always evolving. You said it, you know you, you always have to evolve, uh, you know year to year. Otherwise, you know offensive, defense, special teams, you can get left behind. So as you look at kind of how last year unfolded, um, things you take from it that you want to evolve. I know you may not want to get too deep into changes you want to make, but just other things you want to do differently going going forward? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the, the ways you evolve is your personnel and just figuring out who you have, who you're able to do things with, you know, what's best for those guys, how it fits them. Um, you know, is, are we going to have more of a, a versatile Gerard Stringer out there that can play coverage and, play, you know, blitz off the edge? Or is it a guy that can just blitz off the edge? And we got to figure out how to do those things. And, you know, how do we get Jeremy Lewis more involved in the, in the pass rush and, and maybe out of coverage a little bit more? You know, how can we twist some things around to, to put him in those type of situations? So, we, you know, and then, and then where did you get hurt at? Where, you know, uh, for us it's all about creating havoc plays, which are, you know, PBUs, turnovers, sacks, tackles for loss, any of those type of things are havoc plays. And then not giving up the explosive plays. So if we can have our havoc rate really high and our explosive play, uh, plays really low, then we got a chance to be successful and keep points off the board and go win games for, for Pirate Nation. Um, but, you know, that, that's kind of the big thing we're looking at right now, uh, you know, is how we can get that done. You know, does that mean a little tweaking in scheme here or there? And, and some of it is you go back and watch the film, and, and most of it is not just scheme. It's more, hey, we got to do it better. You know, and I, I think we feel really good about some young guys we got coming along and just the length we got coming and guys that can maybe run a little better, move a little better. So really excited about that. Let's talk defensively and kind of go through each position. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the interior defensive line. We're really, I mean, y'all pretty much have uh, mostly everybody back. And I was talking with Coach Houston. If you if you kind of want a, a position that's solidified, you want your defensive front to be that. You guys have recruited there. Y'all have, uh, you know, developed there. So how much, uh, you know, confidence does that give you that starting up front you're in a pretty good spot? Yeah, so, you know, last uh, three seasons it's, it's kind of been the same guys over and over and over. And uh, I think we'll have five new starters on defense this year. Um, you know, but the one place is that we're not going to be new guys, a lot of new faces is, is still up front because those guys were fresh when I first got here and uh, still have a couple years of eligibility for the most part. And, you know, that's the one the one place where I think we could be pretty heavy install as we go through this thing and install for the spring and throw a lot at those guys because they can handle it. I mean, you've got the same names we always talk about, you know, and I think the one guy that, that showed up this past uh, – this past fall that you, you expect him to make a big jump is J.D. Lampley. 
Uh, he was a freshman this past fall and, and made some plays down this, you know, in the bowl game and had a good season. But I think he, you know, usually from a kid's freshman year to their sophomore of the year, um, they make huge jumps. But you still, you know, Elijah Morris, uh, Xavier McGiver, Deontay Smith, um, you know, and then Jeremy Lewis on the edge, Chad Stevens on the edge, Jack Powers on the edge. You know, all those guys are back, so feel really good about it. Hopefully get uh, Josiah Robinson back. He should be back this spring in some, some type of capacity. Um, Sam Danka, we, we just keep on developing him and bring him along because he's a, a long athlete because it's very versatile out there. Uh, and there'll be a few other guys that will show up and I'm really excited about. When you look at a guy like Danka, and I always say he kind of – He's got the prototypical mold you want to edge rusher long. Yeah. I know he's got to add some weight. Uh, I'm sure he's he's eating about every uh, every hour of every day right now. But is he one of those guys you really want to hone in on? Not just him, but guys in similar molds to him that have been in the program now a year or so. And, and do you give them extra work during the spring? How do you go about really kind of ramping up their development? Yeah, Sam is definitely one of those guys that you could think uh, has a high, high ceiling. As you mentioned, too, we just had a meeting yesterday about putting weight on him and how he can get him bigger. But uh, – you know, those guys, you know, the Jeremy Lewis, how many reps does he really need in the spring? Uh, you just got to make sure he's, you know, keeping the rust off, him and Jack Powers keeping the rust off, making sure they're ready to go and, and keeping them healthy and, and just fine-tuned there. But a, a young man like Sam Danka, with every rep, he's going to get better. And so you got to put him in as many of those situations as possible. And we have several guys like that, but he's just one of them. When you look at the inside linebacker position, that's uh, obviously a spot where there will be turnover. It's your, your position room and several guys moving on. Uh, you guys have added some some transfers. You also got uh, a couple guys coming back as well. So uh, we'll start with, with the, the returnees, and Taylor Jackson's a guy who we've been kind of waiting on, and, and this would seem to be uh, a, a big offseason for him to kind of prove he could be that next guy. No no question. I think it's a room, that you, as you spoke about, that for the last, you know, three years has been Bruce, Bruce Bivens, Aaron Ramsey, and this past year, Miles Berry and Xavier Smith. And those have been really the four guys that have played a whole lot. And uh, Taylor Jackson has kind of been behind those guys. But also, you know, as he's been behind those guys, he's been seeing some guys that have been able to do it and do a good job and learn from them and then develop himself. And – you never want to go out and play with a young kid, and uh, even though Taylor's not played a lot, he's going to be a fourth-year player, um, and I, I think he's ready. And just he attacks it too, maybe different mindset right now in the off season than I've seen any of our guys do it before. You know, he's he's in the film room every day, studying. Um, he's just really doing a nice job of attacking this thing, and just really excited about where he's going, his leadership, and and just you know his future. Let's talk about some of the, the transfers y'all are bringing in. Uh, and three linebackers, uh, Taekwon King from A&T, B.J. Davis from South Carolina State, and also Ra Ra Dilworth from uh, UNC. So what went into bringing those guys in, and how excited are you to have maybe a little more speed and, and, and length there? Yeah, the, the plan was we, we needed, needed a couple guys that we could bring in. We had a, uh, a younger guy, Zakai Barker, that, you know, tore his knee up last, last uh, spring, but was on our roster. And just <clears throat> thought we may need some older guys to kind of fill the room up. And, um, you know, went out and got a couple. Then we were able to add a third in there. and just. But really overall just excited about their length. And, and not only that, uh, the speed they bring and then just their experience. You know, B, BJ um, from South Carolina State is a long young man who's, who's played a lot of football, MEAC Player of the Year. And not only that, in the past game, you know, is, is an area that I thought – you know, sometimes people look at your past defense and only talk about your DBs, but it's all 11 of us out there, uh, whether it be linebackers dropping into coverage or linebacker, you know, rushing the passer. 
we got to make sure we get in some windows too and do a great job with that. So I think, you know, BJ will bring that bring that to us. I think Taekwon is a young man. I think he's gained like 10 pounds since he's been here. Um, that I think will continue to grow. I think he'll be more of an inside Mike force. Um, and just, you know, both those young men are very appreciative to be here and of the opportunity and everything that, you know, they're getting from the training table to, you know, just the attention and coaching they're getting. So just very excited about him. And, and then the North Carolina uh, transfer, Ra-Ra Dilworth, uh, who's a North Carolina native, is just, uh, you know, it's been awesome since he's been here. And just his athletic ability, a four-star out of high school, um, rated very high but you know, all the, all the recruiting company or deals there. Uh, but just the athleticism he brings and some things you could do with him. And I think that, you know, he was recruited in North Carolina. He was in um, Jay Bateman's scheme there. And I think what we do defensively and what Jay does defensively are very similar. So we can, you know, cover him up and let him run and use his strengths. When you look at, at Taekwon and BJ, I mean, clearly they've proven they can produce at the FCS level and, you know, looking at some of their, their tape that is some really high-quality things. What are – you know, maybe the the areas that you looked for as far as, you know, taking that that leap to the FBS level, like what is most important for them to take their game from there to this level? Well, I was I was worried about that last year with Chance yeah. Bates. And um, I didn't know if Chance – I knew Chance was a really good FCS player and all-conference kid at that level and didn't know how that would translate to our level. And what it showed was he translated just fine. Like Chance fit in, you know, really well and did a really good job. Um, you know, maybe he was an all-conference guy if he had played every down. But um, I expect the same thing out of BJ and Taekwon. I think the biggest thing for them was putting on a little bit of weight, which both seem to be doing, uh, just so they can be more durable at this level. Um, and, you know, I think we're going to be a little bit more complex defensively in what we do, but they're doing a really nice job of just starting their tails off, making sure they're in the film room every day and meetings every day. And, and um, so I, th- I think they'll be fine. Zakai Barker out of high school, I loved his tape. Uh, I was very disappointed to see him get hurt last year. What, what type of progress has he made since then, and do you all expect him back in the spring? Oh, yeah, he'll, he'll be back. He, he is awesome. Nobody takes care of their body more than Zakai Barker. Um, he's in treatment every day. He stays after weights every day, does extra. Um, he, he's kind of the guy that he's going to put a little extra in everything. Um, doesn't matter if it's training room, weight room, meeting room, whatever it may be. And um, – you know, I said this all, all fall. We got guys in the room who are starters, and you're asking them about s- certain specific areas of the game plan. And they'll know it, but Zakai Barker knows it better than anybody in the room. Even though he's not taking a single rep, he knows all, all positions, you know, exactly what's supposed to be done, what the check is, all that. And just for a young man to stay on top of it when he's not engaged, you know, at practice, I thought it was pretty impressive. So I, I think, you know, we're going to see a lot of big things out of him. You know, for him, I think it's just getting back out there and putting the pads on and getting that pop in and seeing if he can play at this level. But mentally and, and the way he works his tail off, he's everything you want. Going back to the, the third level of the defense, we'll talk safeties and, and Sam linebacker. Uh, first off, when you when you look at the Sam and you, and you guys' scheme, it's a very versatile position. And I always get asked, is it a linebacker or a safety? <laughs> it's kind of like a combination of both. So when you all – Maybe have an ideal guy at that spot, like a Gerard Stringer. Like, what is the ideal skill set? Yeah, so, you know, as a defense coordinator, you would love to never – you'd let the, leave 11 guys out there, let them play all the time, and, and never have to substitute for that guy. So, if, if you could do that, it would be a, a young man who could, you know, play man coverage, uh, but also be one of your best butchers off the edge. Um, you know, and sometimes you have that, and sometimes you got to create that. So, just by maybe packages and stuff. So, um 
you know, and Sam, Sam, we called it Sam just because it's easy as far as, you know, the kids understand Sam, Mike, Will, and most everybody does, and he's down apex, inverted a lot. Um, so we probably use him more as a Sam than we would a nickel type guy. And then going back to, to the safety spot, uh, and with Sam, there's been some turnover this year. Uh, obviously, Gerard Stringer moving on due to graduation, Jair Wilson uh, transferring out. So, but a couple of familiar names and Julius Wood and, and Tegan Wilk. And then also, you know, talking with Coach Houston, several guys who have been in the program, you know, similar to maybe a Taylor Jackson who are kind of yeah. waiting on their shot. Yeah, Julius Wood and Tegan are the two guys you know back there. And uh, really excited about them. So I think this is a position where we can handle a lot. We can able, you know, day one we can go out and make all the checks, make all the alignments get lined up, all that kind of stuff. Um, so you feel really good about those two. But behind them and at Sam's where we got to, you know, we've got some guys that have taken a lot of reps in practice, just not between the white lines and Dowdy Ficklin on game day. Uh, Kingston McKinstry is one of those guys. I think he's more of a Sam force. Devin, Devin um at boundary safety, played a little bit in the bowl game, which uh, I thought was a good experience for him. So you, you had some, some faith to throw him in there during, during that time. And athletically, he can do it. I mean, he can run, he can hit, and he can do some things. I think it's just how many reps does he need to kind of be up to speed. And, and you got a few other guys there as well. And you got some transfer kids that came in. I think, you know, we got to see exactly where they're at. Hoping to get Jordan Huff back. I think that could be a huge, you know, he, he – I uh, got hurt last spring, and uh, he was a guy that transferred from Georgia Tech a year ago who athletically is as good as anybody back there. And Octavius Nash, who transferred to North Carolina, a uh, very good athlete out of high school. Played, played a little bit in North Carolina, but I think, you know, ath- athleticism will certainly add to the group back there. Omar Rogers, another guy from Elon coming in. I guess similar to the to the linebackers in that. He was an all-conference guy. Yeah. And CAA, obviously, good football. Um, you know, when you and Tripp looked at him, what, what did y'all see that y'all liked about Omar? Well, you see a good football player, a, a kid that could play the boundary safety or possibly Sam, uh, was a good tackler, you know, experienced, that played a whole lot of football, all-conference kid, all those type of things. So, you know, very excited about him. And when you sit and talk to him, just a high football IQ, you know, no-nonsense no type of guy, uh, a guy that football is important. So I think he'll be a good addition for us back there. Going to corner now, uh, we'll first touch on the, the new hire, Jules Montanar, uh, coming over from Temple. Uh, how were those you know, conversations and what were the early impressions on uh, Coach Montanar? Yeah, Coach Jules has been awesome. Just, uh, you know, awesome family. Um, you know, got him here. Very, fits very well with us as far as he's got four kids. You know, me and Coach Dowson both have three. So, uh, just in the defensive staff alone, I think we got a, a slew of kids in there. But, you know, just similar beliefs, family man. Um, you know, does a really good job, and, and they obviously did a good job at Temple. So excited to have him with us and excited to have him in the room. Uh, big turnover at, at corner as well, uh, but we, we did see some guys kind of step up throughout last year, at least in, late towards the year. We saw uh, Siobhan Revel get some time in the bowl game. Uh, also, you know, Isaiah Brown-Murray in practice I thought looked good. So when you look at that position, some inexperience, but also I think some upside too. What about you? Yeah, those, those are the two young men that kind of pop out to me, you know, that were young last year. and. If we had to go back and do it again, you know, just speaking out loud here, you might have played them more early in the season. So by the end of the season, uh, they might have been ready to take over some some larger roles there. Um, but I thought, you know, both of them in the bowl game and and bowl practice, especially, you see a lot of a future in those guys. You know, Siobhan's a a young man that's six one plus can can run. I mean, there's a play in a bowl game where he gets beat on a slant and go, but as soon as the kid catches it. He's there to make a tackle. Most everybody else on our you know, team, that's probably a touchdown. 
Um, and then the one P.I. he gets, I think that was a tic-tac call. And then he made a big play on the tackle over there. So he shows you that he'll come up and hit you. He can cover you, man. And um, IBM, I think, you know, extremely does a really good job, changed direction. Um, very football savvy kid, a little bit bigger kid, 190 pounds out there at Phil Corner, which is bigger than what we have been. Um, you know, so I think both of those guys athletically compared to what we were playing with a year ago, um, you know, if, if, are kind of what you want. Maybe not experience-wise. Uh, so we're going to learn on the go a little bit there. And, you know, obviously we get a lot of the reps in practice with those guys, but they may have to make a mistake early in the season before they learn from it and, and get it figured out. But I think by by the end of next season, they'll be far away ahead where we were this year. And we got some other guys out there. Um, Brandon Higgs, we moved from safety to corner. Just kind of talking to him about that, just a chance for him to get him on the field a little quicker for us. And, um, you know, he's a young man that's six foot plus, long, can run, really athletic. You know, we got to see if he can do it out there or does he need to go back to safety, kind of where he fits. Uh, Tamir Brown is another transfer to North Carolina, local kid, Jacksonville, uh, North Carolina, who's very athletic, changed direction, run, uh, just hasn't played a whole lot, so he's inexperienced. And then Fletcher into the boundary there is, is another guy that's long. Uh, so we got some length. We got some guys that can run. So uh, the size, athleticism is there. We just got to get them caught up to speed with reps. And when you look at the spring, obviously that'll be a big piece of it. When you look at kind of some other things defensively, is this a big evaluation piece for who fits where kind of going into the summer <laughs> over the next coming months? I think spring ball to me is all about developing players. You know, not developing scheme or not working. It's developing players, you know and finding the right guys on the bus and getting them in the right seat, you know, and, and that's very important. Are you a, you know, a corner or safety, or are you the number two at corner or the number one safety, or the number three safety or the number two corner? Um, and that's what we talk to some of our guys about, like, hey, you can go be the number three inside backer, but if you move on a rush, you might be the number two and so forth like that. So we got to do a good job of evaluation like that and make sure we get enough reps up with those guys to find out their strengths, their weaknesses, and, who can help us win ball games, and you know, I think too. We talked a little bit earlier about your your, your scheme and how you might adjust things throughout this, you know, uh, from year to year. And sometimes it's based on personnel. You know, do you have more two edge guys and you can be more four down, or you know, you have corners that can play man and you can be more of a man team. You know, so you got to figure those things out in the spring and the off season. And just so really excited about it because you know, going to the last two years, you kind of knew who you were. The kids kind of knew what we we're going to do, and now it's kind of Oh, we got to go explore a little bit. We got to find out exactly who we are. He is ECU defensive coordinator Blake Harrell. Coach, uh, we appreciate the time on the Hoisted Colors podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. That's Blake Harrell. We'll be back on the other side with Donnie Kirkpatrick, the ECU offensive coordinator. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, I'm joined now by East Carolina Offensive Coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick. And Donnie just got done talking to Blake. And uh, I want to, just like I did with him, look back at 2022 because it was a significant season in terms of wins, the most wins for East Carolina football since 2014. Uh, You've been a part of this program in the past. We've talked often about turning this thing around and really kind of seeing it, you know, culminate at least with a bowl victory uh, at the end of last year. What did that mean to you guys? I think it meant a lot uh, because it's hard uh, to win in this business right now. There's there's so many schools making a great commitment to win. You know, it's not like when I first got into coaching, each league had a couple of schools that were really, really trying to win maybe at the highest level and everybody else was just trying to have a good season, you know, win the homecoming game or something like that and keep the program going. But now, you know, top to bottom and, and especially to at least to our league and, and to the leagues that would be considered even above – everybody's making that commitment everybody's trying to win so it's gotten really hard to win and to to get in here and I mean I don't want to be critical but the program was broke I mean it was broke it was really really bad you think back to first practice I think about all through the first season how bad we really really were compared to where we are now uh it's satisfying to see us kind of turn the corner when you look back at last year you know, the, the point totals y'all put up, especially towards the end of the year, having a one, you know, a 3,000 yard passer, a 1,000 yard rusher, 2,000 yard receivers, first time in program history, all that has happened in one season. You know, how do you feel like you guys did offensively? And, and you know, hitting the, some of those milestones, I thought was a pretty big deal. Well, you know, I have mixed emotions because that, obviously because of my job, I, I, I'm. We celebrate a lot of great things. We had a lot of great performances. It was really great to finish the year uh, like we did with the last two games. Um, you take the Houston game out, which obviously they won't let you do. We had a heck of a year, uh, you know, because we just played really bad that that week. We're just bad all the way. But up to that point, you know, Brigham Young was a great win out there. You know, uh, the Central Florida was a really a really great win. I mean, Memphis was a really really good win. So we were really on a good roll and. To win up there at Temple that day and a shootout like that was great. The bowl game you know, was was obviously good. So I think it builds a lot of momentum. I think a lot of people saw those games. Uh, we had a great time slot for the bowl game. Everybody I've talked to seen the game, or they're a good liar and say they've seen the game. You know, they've seen some of the highlights from it. So there were so many good things. Uh, Holton just having such a great season. That's so satisfying. It's just so good for the good guy to win. You know, in the end, right there and do that. Keaton Mitchell's year, you know, especially after we lost Raji to to do as well as we did there. I thought CJ coming back, you know, for all the things he's been through, the ups and downs, to have such a good season. Isaiah Winstead coming in, putting up good numbers. Uh, Ryan Jones for all the things he's been through, and you know, and the transfer and playing defense and and having as good a year as he did. So there's just so many things to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, you know, I still look back and think, God, we, there were there were times we could have done so much better. We could still win more games, and that's that's the problem with being a coach, I guess, is that you just keep wanting to do better. You know, if you if you win, if you win six, you got to win seven. You got seven, you're going to win eight. You know, and I keep looking back 
And you know, God, you know, we could have won ten. You know, if we'd have just done this, we'd just done that. But that's what keeps us going. That's what we do in the off season. We're breaking it down. We're cutting it up. We're meeting with the players. We're meeting as a staff. We're trying to go back and say, you know, what went right, what went wrong. If we could do it over again, what would we do so that we're prepared for next year? When you look at Holton, and obviously he had been pretty steady the previous number of years as his team's quarterback, but it just seemed like a light bulb went off even more. And some of that was the pieces y'all surrounded him with, but. What do you think took his game to the next level? And also, do you think he, he's got a shot now to make it at the professional level, at least in some some regard? Yeah, I think, you know, we the thing we always talked, me and him, was about him being consistent because he was having some huge games. You know, you think back to the Cincinnati game year one, the SMU game year one, and there were there were some huge games in there. So we got we just have to eliminate some of the, the down games and, and, and within the game. Some of so many great plays. We gotta eliminate some of the bad plays. We gotta eliminate some of those interceptions that are costly. We gotta learn to just not try to overdo it. Don't try to win the game by yourself. So I thought he, he grew each year. This year, it just seemed like when he decided to come back, it's almost as if he relaxed and said, I'm not going to worry about anything else. I'm not going to listen to the noise, though he was pretty good at not doing that anyhow. I'm going to go play. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have the best year I can have. And he just seemed like he was more determined and just more focused than even he was, which usually is pretty high level. I do think you're right. We we surrounded him with some nice weapons. Uh, I think those weapons came through for him a little bit. We were much better up front this year. You know, I think protecting him, he, he did some of the things that he needed to do to help that as well. But we just caught the ball better. Uh, they just played, I thought, a lot better around him. And he did. He just had a terrific year. It's just like to go that many games, not have interceptions, not have fumbles, you know, not to have turnovers, throw that many touchdowns and just do all those things. That's very satisfying to see to see him do that, yeah. And obviously now we move on to, to life after Holden Aylers. And, but it's not like y'all haven't been preparing for this. And, you know, I talked with Coach Houston about this a few weeks ago. But Mason's been in the program. He's been learning the offense. He's been developing behind – Holton Aylers and going to the spring he's kind of the odds on favorite just how much has Mason grown and do you feel like he's ready for this I definitely think he's ready he has grown so much we were in just here the other day talking about you remember year one where you were to now because Raheem Jeter is here he's here a semester earlier than 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 Mason was Mason didn't get here to the summer and he was just like laughing like God coach I can't even believe I'm the same person so yes he's prepared he doesn't have a lot of game experience uh, you know, that's just something you don't get a chance to produce. We, we probably just had too many close games in there. I wish we could have gotten him in more. But when you're playing and the game's not really on the line, it's not the same amount of – it's not the same rep. It's not the same amount of experience. So the only way you're ever going to get that is, is to, to be the guy. But he's so ready right now to do that. He's had a great mentor in Houghton, obviously, uh, you know, a role model, all those cliche things you can say, Houghton's been really good. Now, on the other hand, it's a little hard to play behind somebody like that sometimes because, first of all, he refuses to come out of the game, meaning that it doesn't matter if his shoulder's hanging out of place or his knee's hurting or his back's hurting or his hand's broke or even on the throwing fingers broke. He's not going to tell you that he, that he's hurt. He's going to go back in there and play, and he's still going to play to a pretty high level. 
So, you know, being a backup sometimes is a little bit tough for the, from him. But, again, what a great role model to how, to how to model yourself and to see what the commitment it takes to be good at this level. So Mason's definitely ready. I think the team's ready. You know, as a coach, there's two great feelings. One is when you have a good player like Holton and you see him succeed – having a guy like that coming back, you know, and going into each game, that's a great feeling. But the really the reason and probably that you stay in this business is you like to see people come in and grow and become the guy and become really good at being the guy. So I'm as juiced as I ever am going to be because I love and hope going to be nervous that he's gone but it's just so much fun because that's really what you like in coaching is seeing that guy take those baby steps and turn those into giant steps. And obviously Mason's got, you know, t- tremendous physical ability. He's about as big as any, you know, defensive lineman at times out there on the practice field. So for those who have not seen a lot of Mason, you know, take us through his skill set, what he does well already, and maybe some of the things he can do within this offense. Well, he is physically, he's as gifted as anybody in the country. And I'm talking about the guys playing on Sunday, the guys playing on Saturday, the guys playing anywhere, because he's he's legit 6'5". He might be even bigger than that at that point, 250 pounds, yet he moves well, he's quick, he can run, he, he he's tough. He has an absolute cannon for an arm. And, and so he is very gifted physically like that he he can get the ball down the field he can see the guys he he just really does have all those things so it's just now a matter of him putting that in a game like deal when you know it's there's some pressure situations in there uh, uh quarterbacking is really kind of defined by are you a good decision maker and you know as he develops those skills which i think will come with reps uh, I think he's going to be outstanding. He had a really, really good spring. Uh, we were excited about the way we came out of spring ball. Uh, we had said, you know, if something does happen to Hope, and I feel a lot better, you know, that, that he'll be ready to go. Uh, and I think now I've seen a whole other attitude since we've come back here in January and the first part here of February and that he's – over here watching tape he's out there leading the group he's getting guys together to go throw and catch and those are the leadership skills it's the other part decision making and then the leadership skills uh, that you got to have and you know he wasn't able to show those things because Houghton was always going to be the leader he was going to be the guy telling everybody when to come and getting it organized so now it's his chance but again Houghton was a great mentor he taught him well when you look at the rest of that room, uh, obviously Alex Flynn and other guys have been in the program uh, coming back, and then Raheem Jeter, the freshman. Those guys will presumably get a lot of work in the spring. Uh, do you guys want to add, a, assume, a fourth scholarship quarterback down the line as well? Well, our system is set up to have four guys on scholarship and then have one to two guys that walk on and that you, you hope are, are that caliber player as well. Uh, we kind of made the decision to stick with the three right now going through the spring because I really did want Mason and Alex and Raheem to get so many reps. Once you add one more guy, you do got to divide the reps up another way. And, you know, for the quarterbacks, you can stay out there all day because they don't really get hit and they don't do all the physicality part in practice. But the rest of the team, can't, they can't go 200 reps, you know, a day or, or in a scrimmage. So we decided to stay with the three. I really didn't want to bring anybody else in because we'd made a commitment to Raheem. Uh, we've made a commitment to Mason. Okay, Alex has been the best of anybody out there being committed to this program. So I thought, let's just stick with what we got. Let's don't rattle my room. The room's really positive. It's really good. We'll have the option 
because the portal will open back up after the spring practice. If we feel like we do have a deficiency, we can try to enter that market right there. But we'll be very, very careful, as we are with all positions, but I think maybe extra careful about the quarterback position, about who you bring in, because you don't want to upset the, the, the cart a little bit. The quarterback is too much of a lead or too much in front of the team. We would have to make sure we'd have somebody in there that the rest of the team would want. Obviously, moving to the running backs, uh, Keith Mitchell, a, a significant loss from a talent explosiveness uh, perspective. Y'all do have a ton of guys in that room now, I think six or seven on scholarship and Rajay coming back from injury. But when you look at that room, is is there a way to replace Keith Mitchell's explosiveness you know, in itself, or is that more of a collective group effort offensively? Well, you know, Keaton's year was fabulous since we've been watching the cut-ups and Coach Mulgridge is here, you know, new guy adding to the offensive line. You know, he, he's made a few comments, and, you know, Keaton did some things just on his own. Some of them probably drive you a little crazy if you're the guy blocking for him up front, but in the end it worked, you know, so, you know, you cheer that on. So I don't know that we'll have – we don't have another guy that's like him that won't play to those – those capabilities, just the way he played the game. That's okay, though. Uh, you don't have to have a guy. We, we we adjusted the offense. We adjusted the run game. You know, really once Raji was out to be more fitting for him, we'll kind of go back because I think with Raji, who won't be there in the spring, but we know what he can do. But I think that Marlon – uh, is more like Raji. I think uh, Camaro's more like Raji. Uh, like that pops a little bit more like Raji. So we got maybe more guys that are, are just more alike right now, whereas Keaton was just totally the opposite. With just the speed, the scat back, just see it a different way, cut things back different ways, you know, make different reads like that. But uh, we've got a really, really deep room, which is something I think is important. Uh, it was scary this year when Raji went down. Uh, at the end of the South Florida game, uh, and Keaton was already hurt. He did not play in that game. It was a nervous early week for the practices about what were we going to be able to do, and Keaton in pregame, you know, uh, was not able to play. Uh, you know, or, or the next week, I guess, was too late. He was able to play, but he definitely wasn't the Keaton Mitchell on the other games. You can see that he, he was playing injured. He was doing it probably more for the team than maybe he should have been doing. And, you know, Marlon got a good shot going back home to play and was doing really well and then got banged up. So we were really thin right there. And you say, wow, uh, I thought, how am I going to keep them all happy? Now who are we going to play at running back this next week? Luckily, we, we did get some of those guys back. But there were some scary moments. So you're always saying, well, we don't have enough good running backs. Uh, we'll need them all. We like to play a hard enough physical uh, we're gonna run the football you know what I'm saying we're gonna try to close games out like that so we, we need all those backs and I think coach Foster's done a great job of uh, getting a good deep room right now and it's gonna be fun in spring to let them roll Wide receiver wise uh, the, the two 1,000 yard guys obviously moving on Wednesday graduating and, and CJ going uh, to the NFL draft uh, a lot of production to replace there, but also you do return some some guys, and Jalen Johnson, Josiah Hatfield, also some younger pieces that have kind of been developing. When you look at that room, uh, what are your what's your assessment on it right now? Well, it's another one of those things. You know, you're you're you're, you're glad Isaiah came and had a great year. We knew he was a one for one. That was kind of a quick fix thing that we know, thought we needed. 
Um, we're just happy that CJ came had such a great year. He played four years. That's all you really expect him to play. I guess he could have come back for the COVID year, but when you get a chance, and from what we've been told, the scouts all like him, so that he probably needs to make that move. So we're going to miss all that production. But again, it's kind of like at the quarterback. You're so excited now to see what the next guys can do. Jalen Johnson's a big time player. He, whenever he was healthy and he played, he was very very productive. He probably had more catches per play than anybody on the team. It's just he battled through a hamstring and a foot injury. Right now, I think he's come in. He's he's kind of leading that group a little bit. I, I look for him to have a great year, make up a lot of that production, maybe have a better year than the other guys did. Josiah Hatfield is the X factor. Whenever Josiah, you look at for four years, nobody's had more big plays than he's had. It's just because of injuries and some academic issues. He's been up and down, not been there. We've got to get him consistent. We've got to get him a little more physical. We've got to get him where he is more available. That's his greatest trait right now is just, just to be available for each game because we'd love to get him the ball because he can really, really run. Kerry King's another guy that brings great speed, that's earned himself a scholarship. Uh, as a walk-on that was here, uh, earned a scholarship, lost the scholarship, gotten it back. That's a lot to go through for a young man. But right now, uh, I think he's he's due to have a really good year, too. I would think Shane, I know I'm not in the tight ends, but Shane's going to get a bigger play. I think he finished really well there, too. And then there's some battles in there. Brock Spaulding, you know, uh, Jarrett Garner, uh, Garner is, you know, some guys like that that just need to get out there. Uh, uh, Patterson, you know, there, there's some other guys out there that, that spring will be fun because we'll get a chance to see what they can do. Y'all added a uh, transfer on Ryan King from, from Georgia Tech. And, you know, when you look at receiver, tight end, would y'all still like to add maybe another piece? Again, post-spring, y'all do get the opportunity to look at these guys in the spring, but is that a possibility on the line? Yeah, Ryan King's been a great addition. He came in and broke his thumb, so that's one thing. He's been out a little bit, but he will be back for spring practice. Really smart young man. I've been super impressed with uh, – just uh, his maturity and his knowledge of football so I think he'll 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 move in right away you know nobody starts out in, you know at the top he'll learn his way but I think that'll happen pretty quickly for him he's a young man that hadn't played a lot at Georgia Tech they've kind of gone through their ups and downs a little bit but it's a guy that we know has a lot of ability uh, so yeah we'll, we'll we'll get him turned loose going right here the, the tight end deal, like I said, Shane right there, you, you know, is going to be a big part of, of who we are. We're, we're kind of looking for who's going to give us some depth there. Tyler Savage is kind of becoming that guy. We think he's a little bit Ryan Jones-like and that true hybrid tight end. So we're, we're excited about seeing what he can do. Uh, we will have some scholarships available there uh, when we get through spring. If someone else were to hit the portal, that is an option, yes. Offensive line-wise, before we dive into some of the personnel, obviously Steve Shankweiler uh, stepping away from coaching, but will still be with the program in a support role. Uh, and you guys make the decision to hire Alan Mogridge, who you know everybody I talk to seems to really be high on him. So early thoughts on Coach uh, Coach Mogridge's uh, arrival to the ECU and what he brings. Well, yeah, Coach Mogridge and me met back in 2003, so I'm talking a little bit about age now on my side again. He was a young coach coaching the D-line at Western Carolina when I was there. So I've known him a long time uh, and had great respect for him there. I've kind of followed his career. He's been in this league a lot. 
between Conference USA and the American Gang because he was at Central Florida. He's been at Temple. He's been at South Florida. So he knows the league well uh, and, and the whole bit like that. So I think he's going to be a great addition, great energy, just great knowledge of the game, and just uh, really looking forward to – to seeing what he can do with this this group of offensive linemen because uh, uh, they're taking to him, you know, losing Coach Shankweiler, you know, that that was a big deal right there. But we're just all so happy, you know. Very few of us get to step away on our own terms. He's getting a chance to do that, so he will be missed in a lot of ways. But luckily, he's still going to stay involved in the program. Yeah, yeah. Do return uh, a number of uh, interior offensive linemen, specifically when you look at. Uh, Isaiah Foote, who stepped in as a first-year starter, and Shad Strother seems to be getting better each year. Uh, when you look at that group, I, I feel like you got to feel at least pretty good about the interior, and maybe you know a couple of the, the tackle spots as well. You know, we 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 did. We we gained some momentum. I thought through last year, we're playing well. I thought they played well at the end of the year there. So we are. The shot's been unbelievable. You know, he started at four different positions throughout. We've tried to leave him at left guard. This year was the first time we were able to do that. And and when he's ready, when he plays his best game, is when we have our best game. So you know, that was probably eight or nine times this year. He he must have been pretty good. Uh, he's become the leader of that group. I feel good about that because he's the kind of guy you would like to have leading, you know, local product right down the road here at Havelock. So um, coming back, and I, I can see a determination in him that he wants to take this even to the next level, uh, and he's enjoying being the leader. Uh, Isaiah Foote came in, he's like Humpty Dumpty. We had to put him back together every week. He had so many injuries. What a tough young man. I think you'll see a better version of him next year when he can get healed up like that. Uh, Parker Moore is a guy that I'm really excited about. Parker played uh, at both tackles this past year, played a little bit at guard. We're going to try to settle him in a little bit at left tackle. Super athletic guy, really, really committed to the program. Uh, when we watch the film from last year, he keeps showing up doing well we're kind of saying kind of wished he'd have played a little bit more probably should have worked him in there and then you know we, we, we've got some we've got some decisions we've got some things we got to find out uh, Hampton Ergel stepped up in the bowl game after kind of winning the backup center job after being like a third team tackle walk on uh it was really Johnny on the spot played great earned a scholarship by the time we got to the locker room after the game smart big really committed the right kind of guy the kind of guy you'd want to be leading your program there at center and he's good at snapping the ball so I feel a lot better after the bowl game than I did going into the game because you know unsure about that uh, so right now the big thing is somebody's got to win that other tackle job and then we've got a lot of young guys that are just unproven but are really, really athletic. In the last bit of recruiting cycles, we've really tried to recruit some long, tall guys that are really, really athletic, and uh, that's what spring ball is going to all be about, seeing who can plug in. Uh, there's a good chance we'll hit the portal one more time there if something were would appear with some experience uh, for the offensive line. Uh, but uh, I think it's going to be a good group. Lastly, I just got done talking to, to Blake about this, but when you, you kind of look at your personnel going into each offseason, he even said, you know, hey, we may be different in some ways this year due to our personnel. How much of spring ball will be you kind of seeing these guys on the field, what they do well, and then adjusting to that, kind of going into the summer? Like how, how big are the next few months in deciding 
how exactly we're going to be you know good offensively or what we're going to do offensively yeah there's going to be a lot of things and, and like I say this is the fun part of a coach right now we've we've gone into the next cycle as far as recruiting the next cycle which is now uh, getting prepared for spring practice uh, we're watching film we're cutting it you know up and we're looking at it in all different ways we will be a lot the same but we'll be a lot the different because like you say Every year is a new year, but when you're having a different quarterback, you know, nothing else, he's right-handed. They're all going to be right-handed, whoever's going to be in there. That's going to be one thing different in itself right there. Uh, but what Mason's going to be best at is not necessarily what Holton. I don't want him to try to be Holton. You know what I'm saying? He just needs to be what he does well. And some of the things are the same, but a lot of them are different. Like I say, uh, having C.J. in the slot, a big physical guy, we made that decision last year after he wasn't here for the spring. We're going to have a good player in there. I think Jalen Johnson is going to end up playing in there a lot. But he's totally different than C.J. Probably faster, not probably quite as big and strong and physical. So we'll have to run different things with him. I can say the running backs are going to be a little different. It's going to be more of a physical, more of a downhill deal probably a little bit with them. Uh, so we're, we're trying to decide how to start spring, how to do the install right now uh, based on anticipation of what we think we're going to be. But the 15 practices will determine really how are we going to be, not only what success level we're going to be, but just who we're going to try to target, who we're going to, how we're going to try to build it around, what style are we going to play within the offensive playbook anyhow. Uh, so you hope by the end of spring, you know, sometimes it goes into the summer. You still don't really know, and sometimes you don't really know until the games start and really how it's going to all play out. He is ECU Offensive Coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick. Donnie, we appreciate the time on the Hoist of Colors podcast. Thanks as always. All right. Thank you, guys. That's Donnie Kirkpatrick, and that will do it for the Hoist of Colors podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time.